All right, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Wondering 2nd Edition this afternoon, evening, or whenever the hell the time change has placed this. I'm not sure where it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign. We left off on the quite literal door of a fortress in, uh, in the mountains of Angmar called Othrungul, where they have all been sent uh, to die a uh, horrible, horrible death. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably going to play that out. Uh, we'll be done. I would imagine 20, 25 minutes. So if anyone <laughs> has dinner plans, you should be fine. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, why don't we do some intros and then we can just kind of hurry this stuff along, you know, just hurry it along and see what happens. Uh, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not, not everyone's going to die. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. No one's died yet in this campaign. So I feel... I feel like this campaign and uh, Mothership are, are balancing out, uh, so <laughs> kind of works out okay. It's all in the- and Hunter, you take the Hunter Mothership Friday. <laughs> yeah. Like half Friday's of rough. half of Ash's characters have died. You know, a couple of Stevens, and then and then we're okay on Saturday. So like everyone dies on Friday, so that you guys can live on Saturday. So that's <laughs> basically how it works. Uh, but why yes. we go? Why Sacrifices we- are made. Yeah, it's true. Uh, why don't we go ahead and introduce some people? So, along, tell us about Floy. Yes, I'm playing Floy, a young treasure hunter dwarf. I've got Dragon Sickness as my shadow path already down one track. Any treasure just goes in my hands' pockets whenever I get my hands on it. And I'm pretty much putting on a brave face for the party right now. Everyone's in turmoil and defeat and doubts, but we can't all be like that, or else it'd be doomed. Uh, that is true, not just of the game, but of lifelong. Uh, the rest of us are just staring stress and everything in the face. And Long just uh, just moves through it like he's a uh, like he's a golden retriever puppy. It's fantastic. I just love it. It's wonderful. Uh, Farkadev, thank you. Um, Farkadev's rooting for the TPK. Oh, I like wow. it. Session just got ten minutes shorter. Okay, <laughs> so we'll be done in fifteen minutes. Uh, this is going to be great. Uh, all right. Wow. Okay. Arkadev. That's that's fantastic. Okay. Thank you. There's now going to be. Let's see, let me do the quick math about how many enemies are going to be on the other side of this door <laughs> now. Uh, there were only going to be like one or two. <laughs> now there's going to be fifteen combat security droids uh, ready to take you on. <laughs> Wrong game. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Uh, vampires? <laughs> no, not that one. Check Arabahan's pocket for foam. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up, Ashley, tell us about Gilly Kettlegrass. She's our Bree Hobbit, and things are kind of dark for her right now. I currently have 10 shadow points, and I have 11 hope. Uh, so there's a chance I might take a shadow scar or go down my first um, part of my shadow path, which is Lure of Secrets, which I feel like Goal is kind of a cool place to hit that if that happens. Um... And yeah, she really hopes we survive and get out of here, but she's also had a lot of brushes with the shadow and it's just been wearing her down. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to a fortress that is rumored to have been the home to sorcerers who worked for the Witch King of Angmar during the war with Angmar. I'm sure there won't be any shadow sorcery <laughs> points to worry about walking. In. I'm sure that won't happen at all. Definitely not. Yeah. It's just going to be a giant taco stand <laughs> as you wander down. 
Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, we've got Arineal. Melissa, tell us about Arineal. Yes, so Arineal is our uh, Ranger of the North champion. Uh, she is seven of 12 towards her shadow path. Um, so I will also be looking up what the first step of Curse of Vengeance is, because that might also happen here at some point soon-ish. Um, yeah, the uh, she's got her snowshoes and everything's gonna be okay as long as there's snowshoes around because that worked last time we came up in this did you ever actually side of the world use the snowshoes as you were trekking across the, the plains of angmar did. did you I, did. Okay. I think it was a bit more of a creative use than okay. a like expected use um, gotcha but I, I fully expect that they will be the uh the snowshoes for the win fantastic and then finally, last but not least, and this actually is his introduction is probably going to take up 10 of the 15 minutes this episode <laughs> will last. We have Sorendir. Stephen, tell us about Sorendir. My Gavanan, I am Sorendir, child of Eru, guard of Forland, exile of Linden, warden of Eriador, drinker of water, giver of gold, and hunter of berries. And I also have quite a few shadow scars with much less hope than Gilly ever did. So we will see how this session goes. Is it max yeah. hope or current hope? Uh, max hope. Max hope. Uh, the current, current hope, hope is, is just miserable. miserable. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. And don't forget uh, about things like bouts of madness and stuff like that. Uh, so make sure you keep an eye on that. If you guys do decide to take your shadow scar... Uh, make note of when you do it and why you do it so that we can kind of uh, weave that into the story somehow uh, as there yeah it's gonna it's gonna get ugly before it gets pretty I think is uh, okay uh, with that in mind let's go ahead and jump in let's do a little quick summary uh, we picked up last time after a few days of all of you scouting the southern edges of Angmar. You were looking for some sort of traversable path, unguardable path across uh, the jagged plains, uh, we'll say, uh, as it was not necessarily the, the mountains themselves, but hillsides and strange ice pastures and all sorts of different pathways. Along the way, ice, snow, frigid mists were assaulting you left and right 24 hours a day or however many hours there are in a Middle Earth day. Scattered patrols, packs of snow trolls, white wolves, orcs, all these things. And even at one point or another, uh, an ice drake threatened the party. Uh, some of these required direct combat. I think it was the wolves you all fought directly. Others you were able to avoid. You also had strange visions and sightings uh, that were plaguing you as well. Uh, Kill Gilly saw some ghastly kind of green, blue or blue, green fires off in the distance where Cardoon should be. Cardoon should be. Uh, heard some whispers in the winds, classic. Uh, at one point, Sorendir uh, claimed to see the doomsman of the Valar, this uh, cloaked figure atop an elk, joined by this ice and grime that just seemed to merge the two, and they were dragging this large petrified tree limb covered in bones. And eventually, you all managed to get across. Uh, it was not easy. It was tiring. Uh, it was draining as it is the winter uh, in one of the nor in the northernmost 
uh, lands other than the Forward Wraith. Uh, you managed to start climbing up these northern mountains, looking around. Uh, all of this was probably taking days, days. This was all sort of transpiring as we continued our skill endeavor there. Uh, at one point, Reniel saved uh, Marimbem from falling over a bridge on the, of ice. He discovered this beast in the, in the chasm below that had the body of a bear and this pain-tortured face of this human uh, that started climbing up the walls, lumbering after you. Got away. No problem there. Uh, but they looked identical to the carvings of Mayerthel from Forlorn. Uh, Gilly, while climbing up uh, a, a sort of a, a steep edifice, saw these whirls and stones suddenly twist into faces and kind of shot out this heat and glow, this this glowing heat that came out. But at a long, at long last, all of you managed to, to climb up a, well, quite a distance, very, very cold, thin air. And you saw these series of empty cliffs and plateaus, and it revealed this isolated outcropping. And within it, an ornate engraved door that looked out westward uh, over the ridgelines of mountains of the, the mountains of Angmar towards uh, the fortress of Karndum, or at least the ruins of Karndum. You had finally found, you believe, the entrance to Othrangul. You can see it on the screen there as well. So, all of you have been standing here uh, for, we'll say better part of 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe an hour, as you've been looking over uh, this uh, this narrow, tall, narrow door, that it seems as though the rock itself of this outcropping has kind of wrapped itself around it. The door faces westward. There's not much space between the, the entrance itself and the cliff that just, just plummets. Uh, to this icy mist and down the slopes of the mountains below. You uh, you can't really see the sun. Haven't seen it really for days. Uh, you uh, you don't really have any other other recourse. But the door stands here. You would be able to tell uh, those of you no role, no lore role required at this point. Um, that the engravings on the door are not of Elvish, not of Dwarvish human speech. They are of the black speech. Which none of you, I believe, speak. No. What would you all I like really to do? I really wanted to. That's fair. That's fair. What would you all like to do? Um, sorry, I don't want to go. Someone else say something. Maybe turn to Marimbem here. If she's recognized any of these patterns for living in mountains for some time. She'll take a look. Um, I don't speak black speech. Only a few scattered words and phrases here and there that I've heard from a orc or a particularly clever troll who screamed out before I ran them through. Uh, with that, I'll take a look around the area, maybe. Maybe there's some like footwork around the door, see if anyone's gone through recently. Okay. So, I'm going to say there's a handful of skills tests uh, I'm going to take on this. Uh, and... There's going to be uh, one of four. I'll just throw this out there. Ultimately, a riddle will be what's rolled uh, to deduce your way inside. 
but to help reduce the difficulty of that, I'll take things like lore, scan, and craft uh, to, to try to put some pieces together and make it easier to figure this out. So if you imagine like the scene before going into Moria as they're sitting there, speak friend and enter and they're thinking for a while, it's very much that except really, really mm-hmm. cold and you all are probably going to die. <laughs> so Floy, I would say for you, probably scan or craft. Uh, it's kind of up to you how you want to go with this. Okay. I can do a craft. Just get an idea of how this door. Okay. I'll see. see. Uh, go ahead and roll it. Four pips in this. At favored. Nice. Very nice. Wolven ingenuity. At 23 pass. Regular success. Okay, so you're you're taking a look, and you notice that there are no clear mechanisms, no gears. There's no, you know, handle, levers, nothing. And, like, whenever you push on it, it doesn't open. Pulling on it doesn't open. Trying to slide it doesn't open. None of it seems to open. It's as if the rock outcropping itself has seemed to sort of spawn and grow around it. You notice too that the rock is very grimy. Like there's there's all sorts of layers of ice but underneath it you can see the sort of dark grime. Uh, not an uncommon thing you would imagine uh, but nonetheless it's it's there. As you're looking you also notice that the etchings themselves of all the, this, this, this different symbology, this black speech, you sort of look at it and you realize the etchings are very, very deep. Uh, you, your people, your family, you've done carvings in stone. And this isn't stone. This is metal, actually. But you've done carvings before. And very rarely do you carve as deep as some of these grooves. And you would probably maybe take an intuitive leap here to think that maybe this isn't just ornamental, but somehow these grooves where the different symbology is, is carved into here is somehow integral to the functioning of the door. Got a peculiar door here. It's quite thick. Carbons are deep. Might be some sort of use to it. Perhaps it's a, a keyhole of some kind? a keyhole. I don't have that sort of key. Or a renial. You still have the blade? I do. Perhaps that would fit one? I have had almost forgotten that it was still in my bag until you mentioned it. I suppose it wouldn't it could be useful so Arania will go in her bag and uh, always carefully with the cloth trying not to hold it directly but kind of uncover it with the cloth and see what holding it near the door might do as far as you can tell it doesn't have any reaction uh, like you unwrap it hold it near it doesn't nothing lights up nothing does anything specifically um you do as you're holding it though i would say it feels heavier to you than when last you took it out 
and kind of held it in your hands. Like there's a heaviness to it now. And as you're looking at it, it almost feels like even though you, you I would say everyone doesn't take this out and like clean it or practice with no. it or anything like that, does she? No, no. So as you, as you kind of look at it, the, you notice the blade, it, it not just feels kind of heavier, but it seems almost as if it's in better condition than you last recall. Hellsong, thank you for that sub. Appreciate it so much. Ooh, thank you. Uh, so Irenia will sort of look at it and just say, well, it doesn't seem to be doing anything. I don't see a slot for it to go, but it's very peculiar. It seems to be both of greater weight and of lesser filth. Irenia? I looked at it. Roll a scan test. Okay. Since you're here, you might as well do it. Yeah, I was potentially looking at that. Um, and because of our very generous audience, we do have a couple uh, six, to be exact, D6s left over. Which I might grab to be uh, useful with this, since scan is not one of my better attributes. Hey! That is a Gandalf and a six and a three. So definitely a pass. Okay. Great success. So as you're holding it there and you're kind of looking at the sword, like one of the things you know is with the sword that there are discolorations here and there, which you imagine are blood or, or some other, uh, and you don't think it's rust. It certainly doesn't look like rust because the, the sword does seem in, in very good condition. Uh, actually surprisingly so but as you're looking at this you look at the door itself you look at the grooves as Floyd kind of pointed out something interesting about them and you do notice actually as you're looking at the sword you're looking at the the door itself there is a similar discoloration around some of the grooves of the carvings itself this otherwise pristine door like it's in very good condition it's obviously it's weather worn to some degree, but it's it's nothing. There's no dents. There's no scrapes that seem out of place. Nothing like that. It's kind of tucked away within this outcropping, kind of protecting it from some of the heavier swaths of of, of weather. But you do notice that there has been like right along some of the carvings themselves. There's this very faint discoloration, very faint smudging, as if um, some grime or substance has been smothered over top of the grooves. Do you all see the similarities here? And she's holding up the blade next to those areas. Yes, I see it, but what does it mean? Well, perhaps this blade has been here before. I, I would be most ill-fortuned. I, I wonder. And Iridium will kind of sort of holding the blade up and she'll just sort of want to test the depth 
in sort of some of the carvings with the blade just to sort of see if the yeah, blade you, kind of fits. You slide. It doesn't go very far. Just maybe an inch or so. You just hear the scraping of metal on metal. Nothing happens. It doesn't really seem to be the way. It doesn't seem like stabbing the door is, is the way through. Yeah. I was sort of wondering if it seemed as if this blade could have done any of the carving. Like if the... Yeah. Um, if Gilly or Sorinder would like to roll a lore test, you might be able to piece something else together. Yeah. I mean, I would have tried to avoid a lot of black speech, but I've also spent some time in Angmar. So uh, I'll go ahead and roll. Go right ahead. You're all staying there. I have there. three pips and am favored wind whipping around just a just the slightest of of protection from the wind here not the best roll uh oh uh i rolled two fives on both my d12s oh dear i think i just barely failed i rolled a 13 i needed a 14 ah. you are trying to translate as best you can and you're unable to kind of piece together the entirety of what's being said on this door. It's, it's very unclear. Something about something of the shadow may enter. Can't something, something of the shadow may enter. You can't piece together the, the, the sort of the phrasing that's in between. There's like this chunk of words and symbols that you're not, not placing together. I have spent my life trying to avoid the shadow, the black speech, this scourge upon the land. I'm afraid I do not understand what it means. So, Gilly, why don't you give the riddle test then, since you're the only one who hasn't rolled yet, right? Um, okay. Give me a roll. Give me a riddle test. Take minus one penalty as there's I mean, one is one one die penalty. Oof. This is effectively going to determine how long it takes for you all to to sort of open this door. A success would mean you get in relatively quickly. A fail would mean you'll get in eventually, but you'll be subject to some endurance loss as the winter and the cold beats at us yeah Raniel, i'm gonna take a dice got it down to four. Ooh, all right i got a 20 so i passed and i got two sixes okay beautiful yay you don't know necessarily why you know this maybe you've heard something said but the combination of seeing that discoloration Hearing what Floyd has said about the grooves being functional. Gilly, you get this idea in your head, maybe, that if you, there's something been smudged along the, the grooves, then maybe the blood of the shadow or something like that, maybe that's what Sorendir was trying to determine. Mm. Smudging something, the blood, whatever that means. What does that mean? Blood of the sh- blood of shadow, something like that. So you know it's blood. 
that needs to be sort of you get this in your in your you get this idea of like smudging, and somehow that might might trigger something here. I I think it needs blood of the shadow, but. Look at that. Well, I, I should hope that our blood wouldn't count, but and she'll look to Floy and Sorendir and to Maribum, actually. Any of you three seem to have had some darkness come over you at some times. Irenio, would you hold that blade out by the door? And she'll kind of continue to hold the, you know, kind of in the cloth, this blade? Yes. Hold it up firm. And Irenia will sort of look to everyone else for confirmation that this is a agreeable idea. I'll just give a nod. Okay. She'll hold the blade as Sorendir requested. Sorendir will look at it. He'll look over at the door. And while he's still looking at the door, he'll reach out and just grab the blade and squeeze as tight as he can and just pull his hand and then put his hand on the marks of the door. And you all watch as the blood of Sorendir suddenly starts moving. It's not dripping as it's getting absorbed into the grooves of the etchings until... It's almost entirely absorbed. And then you hear a strange sound, like rumbling within the earth itself. And you watch as all of the engravings that of that black speech suddenly glows that kind of faint blue-green light that you've seen a few times now, Gilly. Mm-hmm. That rumbling in the earth gets a little louder. You see some rock begin to fall, like not not heavy rock, just small things, bits of ice, an icicle from one of the uh, the overhangs of this this outcropping, like drops in front of you, nearly pierces someone's foot, and you watch as the door just grinds to the left into the outcropping itself, like it's a pocket door, and you you get this sort of. Sp- dank kind of musty odor that just wafts up this strange smell that you can't quite put your finger on exactly what it is and you see an extraordinarily dark dark icy staircase descending into the dark in front of you well done Sorndia. get that hand bandaged as I step past him into the cave okay So, go ahead, sorry. It was, it was my heritage that brought us here. I suppose it should be my blood 
that allows us to enter. And I'll start wrapping some cloth around my now cut and frostbitten hands. Yeah, I'm going to just write a note here about who stabbed themselves. How much uh, endurance do I lose here? Um, I mean, it's a slice of your palm. It's fine. I'm not really Renewal? concerned with what endurance. What a lore master. It's not endurance I'm, I'm going to take oh. from you here. Uh-oh. Go ahead, I'd get it all back with a short rest anyways, you know, since I'm an elf. <laughs> <laughs> Reniel wants to... Sorry, Melissa wants to sneeze. I literally <laughs> just heard her down the hallway. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Reniel, seeing that this made some noise, Reniel wants to sort of look around and just make sure that they're don't seem to be any uh, figures moving towards this uh, sound. Uh, what do you mean figures to be moving towards the sound? I don't understand. Just like we made a noise. So did anybody hear the noise and is like coming towards You us? guys are on an open and plain plateau. It was just ice and this one isolated outcropping at the far edge of it that overlooks a, 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 a huge, you know, drop off a plummet down into like you can't even see the bottom of the the mountain anymore it's just cold mist there's nothing around you the only thing is is this this staircase going down that floy has already descended into you're saying that we've never been safer in our entire lives i think you guys are going to live forever (laughs) except for you know the drake that was flying overhead that could you know be around so just to be clear with the drake You've not seen it fly. You've seen it glide. I just want to make sure that distinction's clear. Understood. Okay. 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 All right. There's some token lore master out there. Uh, I don't want any comments about it. Renio will sort of look to to Gilly, um, kind of gesture, kind of like after you. Yeah, she'll follow after Sorendir if he goes after Floy. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. You all descend, and you hear, and it's very, very icy. Like, you can see that as you're moving down, Floy, uh, Gilly, you have a lantern. Who who has light? I need to know this, actually. Who's going to be uh, holding light up? Gilly. Gilly, for sure, because you got your lantern. Anybody else? Is there going to be a secondary thing? Uh, I'm an elf, so I have dark vision. Erwinil doesn't have a light. Okay. No, I don't have a light. <laughs> Such a son of a bitch. Okay. So Gilly then is our lantern bearer. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing with the ponies? I think we have to take them in. So you guys have been doing some climbs here and there. We could say mm-hmm. you've left them elsewhere on the mountain if you wanted to. If you don't want to, to bring them up here, we could say you found... Uh, cave somewhere and left them there um perhaps we should ask marimbem and mr t talendil uh uh, to find a camp somewhere safe to camp they could take the ponies i pity the fool (laughs) (laughs) what a prediction for this fight my prediction pain God, I love I love Club Lang so much, man. I love. Oh, he was great. He, he was, was so good. So good. Oh. That franchise had the best villains. It did. Like Rocky Three, Club Lang is just like 
it, you you forget about Club Elaine because Ivan Drago in the fourth comes up. You was know, great. But like, was uh, great. And also obviously Apollo, who's not a villain, but whatever. Anyhow. Good anti-hero, though. Yes. Anyway, sorry for that random Rocky uh, <laughs> discussion. <laughs> that um, was my fault because I forgot the guy's name. I'll, I'll pity the fool. Uh, what does the group think about us Ooh. asking them to find a safe place to camp that we can retreat to later? Didn't bring them up here to watch our ponies. We, we, this could be the next leg of our journey for days or weeks to come. I would hate to leave them to the elements. We don't have to spend yeah. too much time on this. Are we going to say you're bringing them down with you, or are we saying you're leaving them somewhere in a The cave? horses? Yeah, horses. I'd like to just leave them somewhere. Okay. We'll say... Maybe when we took our last rest or whatever. We'll say that near this plateau, you found a small cave that you can you can kind of tie them in and make sure that they're out of... You know, they're, it's still very, very cold up here, but at least they're out of the wind. Okay. And then Talendil and Marambem are coming down with you. Is that correct? Okay. okay. Sounds All right. like it, yeah. Floyd, you lead the way. The You can tell that it is stone, right? You can tell that there are certainly large black chunks of stone as you move down. This is not like this is not just cave rock. Like you can tell this was structured as it moves down. You can see that the stone itself is very, very dark, Floyd. And it's covered in what looks like a very thick layer of ice. Both the steps that you're moving down, which is actually causing it to be a little bit treacherous as you move down these steps, especially for Gilly and Floyd, those with slightly kind of stuntier legs, having a little bit, you have to be a little bit careful as you move your way down. Yeah, I'd like to take my time to not miss that if possible then. Absolutely. Yeah, as long as you're being careful, it's not an issue. And you notice in addition to like the layers of, of ice, there is like this like inter interwoven with that, there's a like, grime. Like you can tell this discoloration of the ice itself, like everywhere. Whether it's the ceiling where you're seeing like these little these little sort of pockets of, of ice, like icicles almost dropping down the walls themselves. The the staircase is this sort of stairwell is probably about you know seven or eight feet wide. And probably about 10 to 15 feet tall. And as you get further down, you realize it's arched. It's actually pretty decent construction, surprisingly so, Floyd. The descent takes probably about 15 minutes or so since you're moving fairly slowly. And you find yourself coming down, hitting a landing, turning back around, continuing to descend. And it's just a straight descent of a few stories before you finally open your cell, open up into what looks like a much larger chamber. Gilly, your light starts to reflect off a lot of these distant walls and chunks of ice elsewhere uh, within the room and not just this kind of narrow stairwell. Let me move you guys over to another little scene setter. Okay. So, you... This is rather just... Hopefully you guys can see that the players anyway. Um, so yep. you can see it's extraordinarily dark. There is no other light than, than that which which you bring. But there is a bit of reflection 
uh, since the ice itself is somewhat reflective. Everything here has some coating in ice, whether it's the steps, whether it's chunks of wall that have crumbled, whether it's pillars, whether it's arches that are looking over top of, of alcoves that don't look to necessarily have anything in them. Everything is covered in ice. And you look out in front of you and there is this, this large chamber, this large, large room. And it's kind of odd, but you, you notice right out in front of you, split around, there are frozen shapes. And you can tell immediately that they are in the shape of people. Bipedal, arms, legs, heads, there. The ice is dark. It's very, very black. From a distance, as you're just standing at the landing of the stairs, you can't really make out too much detail of any of them. Uh, but there's probably a dozen of them or so in the room. There are all these very jagged and you know spiky points here and there from shoulders or arms or... You know, here, like, you're not sure if it's the ice itself that's just making the form or whatever underneath it, whatever is helping give this ice shape. But there's a dozen or more just, stat- at this point, statues of ice. What do you guys want to do? I'd like to investigate one of these uh, statues, uh, see what's underneath that layer of ice. Okay. You get up a little closer. And you can see that beneath is, you can't see a face. You see no signs of a face. You see no signs of clothing. Uh, the thing you're standing in front of is probably about six foot tall. So I'm not sure how, how I mean, is that taller or shorter than Sorinder? I think elves are short in they Lord are. of the Rings. So Lord I would say, yeah. yeah, I'm like five, five or something like so that. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a couple inches taller than you. And you're looking up at it. And you can see it's in this sort of state of movement, like it, like it's been moving, but it got frozen almost in place. All that's underneath it is just this strange sort of dark substance, like like the like like somehow a shadow itself has been given form and been frozen in place by a coating of ice, and the ice itself periodically comes out and these painful looking spikes. I don't like how you described that. (laughs) (laughs) It's disconcerting. It was an excellent description. I hate it. Um, I'm going to just keep looking at Lee's and make sure that I don't see any eyeballs flashing back at me. I'll move through the room, see what's kind of in here. Try not to bump into any of those. Um, Gilly would like to look for more of that witch light. See if okay. she sees anything. So I would say as you start to move around the room, Gilly and Floy as well, both of you are being careful. There's enough space between these these figures that like, you know, unless you're really investigating it, you're not really in danger of suddenly like dropping into one of them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilly, you're specifically looking for other signs of like that kind of that blue green light. Nothing. It is utterly dark in here. It is, it is oppressively dark 
to the point where there is just a small pocket of orange-yellow light that is centered on Gilly and her lantern. And Gilly, you can tell that the light that it's giving off, it's dimmer than normal. You do, you check the wick, you check the oil, everything's where it should be, but it's just darker in here. Keep that in mind as you all kind of play this out. Floy, is there anything you're looking for in particular as you're moving around? Treasure. Yeah, <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> uh Roll a, uh, you can roll a scan test, I would say, or an explore, I suppose. You could do that too. But I think you're, scan. you're a scan guy. Yeah. That's a 23 great success. Okay. Uh, you notice uh, somewhere towards the middle of this room, and you can see that the middle of the room is this sunken area, and then there's these. It's like a call, think of it like a rectangle, and then there's different tiers. There's like a there's like two different terraces above it, and that's you kind of descend down into it, and you can see scattered about these different terraces are all these figures. You notice one that looks a little different than another, and when you get a little bit closer, you realize that there's something that's been thrust through it, and you realize as you get close that there is this glistening beautiful sword that looks immaculately made something you've like you when you like you can see it through that that layer of ice there's gems inlaid you're you're, you're surprised that someone would, would take this to battle it's so beautiful to look at and it and it currently is thrust halfway into the torso of one of these shadow ice figures covered in ice. I completely ignore the fact that it's thrusted through one of these statues and just impondering how do I get this out. So I'm going to light up a torch here and see if I can melt it out. Okay. You, you light up a torch, you take the fire, and you put it against the ice. 10 seconds. 50 seconds, two minutes, five minutes. At no point does the fire seem to melt the ice. Some foul play going on here. This ice isn't melting. Uh, I mean, it is cursed black ice. Perhaps we should leave the sword alone. Seeing how I, as this ice isn't melting, I'll have to come back for it. What are you, what are you coming back for? The sword, it's marvelous. You see it, you see it too. Okay. (laughs) That, that is some fine craftsmanship. It doesn't melt. My last resort would be to see if I can chip the ice away. Jeff has us traumatized of I know, yes, right? you do see it. <laughs> I know, that's why I felt it was important to clarify the rest of you do in fact see a sword sticking out of this thing. Uh, okay, yeah, you take out your weapon, axe, or something like that, and you start chipping away, and it does. It chips. The ice chips just fine, as you would expect other chip, you know, other ice to, to chip as you start hacking and hacking and hacking. So are you 
just trying to go around the sword itself? Uh, is there any particular strategy you're trying to employ yeah, here? Like, like an architect, just get my crafting tools out and sort of just slowly chip away until I can pull the sword out. Okay. We'll say this takes um, about 20 minutes or so. And eventually you get to the point where you've kind of cleared the sword on the, the hilt side. It's on, we'll say, the front of the torso. And each you've cleared the sword on the back side, where the point is. And you feel like you probably could, with a nice, let's say, athletics check, yank it free. All right. Healy's going to immediately go to Soren Deer just to throw that out there. I can't protect you. A 16 pass. Okay. You rip it free. All of you, you watch as as he does does this. He yanks this thing out. You watch as that entire figure collapses. Just, it doesn't make sense physically with the way in which Floyd just yanked this out. It just collapses into a tiny, like thousands of tiny shards of ice. And then what just looks like, like this thick, grimy ash that just spills everywhere. That could have gone any better. Keeping a close eye on the other statues, does it seem like they've changed at all? Uh, roll an awareness test, and Floyd, go ahead and add treasure four to your uh, to your sheet. How'd that awareness test go, Soren Deer? Uh, it was almost a Sauron, but I'm favored. Uh, so I just failed instead with a, a 12. I needed a 14. I mean, you're looking around, you got a little distracted by the sudden shattering of everything, but as you look around, you don't think anything happened. I'm still going to keep my spear ready, but, uh, seems fine. Hopefully that will not come back to haunt us. It seems as though we shouldn't tarry somewhere with this dust and ice moving around. Right. I agree. We should move quickly and with a purpose. After I get the sword, I'll look for another way out. Uh, And there is. You can see that there are two large archways that go in different directions. Uh, We're going to... Don't worry too much about trying to map it out. Um, We're just going to say, in addition to the stairs that go back up to the exit, the door you came through, there are two other large archways, each of which has these very, very spiky, very large, very kind of scary to look at icicles sticking down, almost like fangs hanging down from a mouth. Do the fang icicle things have the same grayish appearance that the ice around some other things did? Every bit of ice. You can see that kind of grimy substance underneath it. Like, none of the ice here is, like, clean. Okay. Well... 
Well, there. I think we. Uh... Go ahead. Well, there's I was just gonna... for the door. Sorry, Jinx. Uh, Gilly's just looking for danger. Danger, danger. Where are you? Danger. Yeah. Okay. Um, roll an awareness test, I suppose, Gilly. If that's what you're doing, you're just sort of moving forward. So. I think I would be staying fairly close to Gilly since she's our light source too. Absolutely. Floy, you've got your sword. Do your best to put it away in your, you know, underneath your pack and over your shoulder or so. Arrhenial, you and the other rangers kind of fan out and the six of you begin to push deeper into Othrungol. Gilly, how did you do with the awareness test? Great success. So you notice as you move a little further, it's probably about a 20 to 30 foot long archway, this dark, dark archway, no light whatsoever. There are these small alcoves, decorative alcoves that are cut into the, into the walls to the left and the right as you pass through it. You can see that ice covers them. But within the ice, you can tell there's what looks like, as best you can tell, is bone. Just some sort of strange effigy. You're not sure because it's covered in ice and the vision's a little distorted and everything's kind of grimy. You can't deduce the specific origins of the bones, whether they're humanoid or bestial. But you can certainly tell that they've they've been affixed in such a way as to be decorative. Okay. You also hear up ahead in this utter blackness that's slightly more than 15 or 20 feet in front of you where the archway continues. You hear what sounds like something, like a combination of sounds and familiar ones, actually. You hear this sort of slow... kind of tugging, dragging sound. On top of it, you hear this sort of painful, disjointed clopping that kind of echoes extraordinarily loudly, more so than you would probably think would be possible. And you hear the sounds of chains clinking. The doomsman. Mm. I would immediately grab Gilly and uh, just probably too forcefully yank her and try to pull us both into an alcove to hide. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll stealth. Uh, One of you can roll it. The other one can just assist. It's fine. Uh, I'll roll if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Do I get it? A bonus die from her and a bonus die from my cloak? Absolutely. That sounds great. The beat's okay. <laughs> All right. That is two Gandalfs. Okay. <laughs> but there's only one. 
Uh, <laughs> you only get credit for one, but I'm excited that your dice are uh, yeah. <laughs> One of them is Gandalf the White, and one of them is Gandalf the Gray. <laughs> no other oh. successes. Um, okay, you quickly pull her into an alcove, and then you watch as something across the ground suddenly emerges, and you see this faint kind of flickering blue-green light just move across in front of you into and then sort of disappear eventually into which you think there is an intersection up ahead you can't see it your light which you've quickly covered and probably smothered with that cloak floy arenial and the two rangers are probably a little bit further back lingering maybe a moment gilly and sorendir are up ahead and you see it the, this whatever it's dragging on the ground last time you saw this thing if it is what you believe it to be you saw that it was dragging this black petrified tree limb like a thick like a bow that had broken and was being dragged and it was affixed with various what looked like bones and as you watch that thing drag across you see faint glistenings of some sort of strange blue green light it does not seem like it's giving off like it's not fire it's just something is just imbued with light and then you see it disappear down an intersection i realized that i had not been breathing the whole time and i let go of gilly's shoulder that i was probably clenching too tightly apologies did you, did you see the witch light? We are lost in the halls of Mandos now. Come, we should find the others. Okay, okay. And we, we go back to the group. Okay. You treat back, you bump into Floy and Arineal and the rangers who are coming. Floy is fixing the sword into his pack. And you guys are right kind of on the upper terrace looking back down on the room that had all of those shadow ice figures. You've just tried down one of these passageways. You've heard that strange sound. You've turned around. There's another passageway as well. So... The doomsman was down that way. Should we check the other? Yes, we should keep as much distance as possible. Okay. Uh, you try the other one. Continue pushing. You move. You move. You find yourselves going down this wide, steep chunks of stairs or rather like you're you're descend you can tell you're descending a couple minutes pass and eventually you open up into another very large large room again gilly your light still dim is still managing to reflect here and there off various cleaner chunks of ice around the room so you're seeing these tiny little points of light that help give you some shape to the room itself. It seems to be a relatively, it's either it's either circular in shape or hexagonal, maybe. It's hard to really tell because 
of the, the layers of ice in the walls, but you can tell it is certainly not rectangular. And it's probably about a hundred feet across in terms of its diameter. And you see that in the middle of it, there is a pit. You take a couple steps and you have to stop really quickly as you notice that your light that was reflecting off the icy floor, that light suddenly stops and it's just darkness. And that gives you your first clue that there's a pit in front of you. No railing, anything like that. It's just this perfectly placed pit directly in the middle of this room. It is roughly, I would say, a quarter of the diameter of the room itself. So if the room is about 100 feet across, the pit is about 25 feet across. Are we able to see the other side? Vaguely. You don't see any more of those shadow figure, uh, shadow ice figures. Mostly you see what looks like just kind of chunks of stone that have probably fallen from the ceiling and created their own little piles here and there and got covered over time with grime and ice. The ground is not perfectly flat. And so you see these mounds periodically. And there's also what looks like pillars that at one point create, like kind of occupied that sort of middle ground between the edge of the pit and the outer, outer band of the room itself. But I would say about half of those pillars seem to have suffered structural damage. And so they're, they're like, some of them are just kind of hanging from the ceiling and the, the bases have crumbled. Some of them, it's just the base and the, the top is crumbled. Others are intact. Uh, and those are, again, covered in that ice and grime. But I would say those are, are, are relatively, like you, like you can hide behind one or something like that. You don't see anything moving in here, though. Does the pit have a bottom? Can we see it? You step up to the edge. If Gilly's with you, the light does go down. And you notice right off the bat that there is, just looking down, it goes down a ways, but you can see that there is some kind of jagged pyramid of ice at the bottom of the pit that kind of comes to a point which you think is about halfway down the pit. So the pit, you would probably put it maybe a 40 or 50 feet deep or so, and about halfway down you can see this point and it's just this pyramid of ice and it's it's not like perfectly smooth but it's not cylindrical at the same time you can see like these little jagged bits you're not sure if it's intentional or if it's just some strange uh, strange kind of like um just forming of the way stuff drip from the ceiling above go ahead and roll a scan test there floy Got a Gandalf. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> and a Sauron, but I'm favored. Hey. Son of a... <laughs> okay. You see as Gilly holds the lantern kind of over the top of the, the pit, light goes down as best you can. There are several shiny things that are calling out to you from beneath the grime. You see what clearly looks like metal, silver, swords, armor, shield, something like that. It's hard to really tell from this distance, but they're definitely there. You can also tell just from the very top of that pyramid, there's bone. Before you do anything, 
Infinite Monkey Tales, thank you for the raid. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome to the stream. We are playing One Ring Second Edition. They are currently delving deep into a fortress in the mountains of Angmar. Uh, And uh, they're very, very scared. Very scared right now. Uh, That's where we're at. Very scared. But thanks for hanging out. Thanks for coming and coming by, taking a look at what we're doing. Really do appreciate it. All right, Floyd. Back to you. Kind of a dangerous pit here. We could end up like the bones at the bottom. Any ideas on our way across? Uh, uh, We should stay away from the middle, maybe go around the edges. Agreed with ice covering the floor. We should be cautious. Be very, very careful here. So there's no railing. That means we're going to see if there's like an edge. You can go around it. You can easily go around it. It's not an issue. Uh, Gilly, you have decent awareness, right? You have. You hear as you're skirting around the edge of the pit trying to get to the other side of this room you hear the sounds of crackling like something like glass in a slow break or ice of a pond or a lake slowly mm-hmm. fracturing it's not loud by any stretch it's almost actually very very faint but you just pick it up. Everything's so quiet in here. There's like no ambient sound. So that when this comes up, you are going to quickly look. Yeah. And you realize it's coming from the pit below. So, some, something's cracking in the pit below. We, we should go. Go as in hurry or go yes. towards it. No. Oh, we should we should hurry, especially if this is anything like the last creature we saw. Let's make haste. Okay. So if you continue to push around there around the edge, mm-hmm. Gilly, you can still kind of hear it. It never grows fainter. You cross the entire room. You get to this other what looks like. This arched arched pathway that goes deeper into the fortress. And you just continue to hear that crackling. It's there. It's always there. Maybe two minutes go by of not hearing it and you think maybe it's finally gone. Then all of a sudden you hear it happen again. This kind of follows you for a few minutes at least. You continue to hear it as you push down this next large passageway. Very similar to the one that you've already been in, Sorendir mm-hmm. and Gilly. Same basic kind of connective pa- passageway. You start to descend again with this short but wide stare. And you find yourselves in this kind of nexus uh, of what looks like three different smaller branching paths. You can see that of those three different branching paths, one of them has been utterly collapsed. It's stone and ice has just collapsed. There is just no way past. And you can see that it's just this icy 
uh, kind of avalanche that blocks any, any route forward. There isn't even a little bit to climb. But then there's two other pathways. In the center of the room, you can see standing are three more of those icy shadow figures with those strange spikes at their elbows, their shoulders, at their heads here and there. Floy, you see thrust through the center of one of them is a beautiful sword, the likes of which you have seen just but once in your life, about an hour ago when you first entered into Othrungul. Does anyone want one of these? You already have one. You do not need another. I like it, but my load's getting a bit heavy. You do look Has that ever stopped flowing? Walking. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit slower. What would you like to do? Was Gilly the only one that heard the crackling sound? That's correct. We should leave these statues alone. I believe they may be the souls trapped in the halls of Mandos, those who have angered the Valar. Agreed. I'll be back for the sword, though, if we make it back. We'll just lead the party down path to the right. To the right, okay. All right. You move down this path to the right. Much narrower now. So it's not that large, wide archway. Same basic structure, just narrower, a little shorter. Still a good 10 feet above you. Still the same decorative alcove. Still the same grimy bone effigies that are in these these small little cutaways along the way. Gilly will point out to the rest of the group, uh, we, we stepped into one of these alcoves in, in a witch light uh, erupted from the ground and, and it led deeper. I don't know if it's a warning or if it's like, if it would be for direction but we should be careful. Remind me what which light was again? It's just that's what she's it's using the to just blue. the blue green light, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You see in front of you a door. It's intact. It's also frozen, but it's frozen ajar. So you can see that there is this heavy layer of that dark ice covering it. You can see that there's probably about three feet of distance between where the jar, where the door is ajar, which opens outward towards you all, and where the jam of the door actually is. There's a very small portion of that three-foot gap that isn't kind of covered in ice, when you hold the lantern up, Gilly, you can see ahead of you is some kind of relatively smaller room. You can see that there's, like, it's hard to tell from this distance, furniture, maybe, inside? You're not sure, though. Okay. You would probably think that you can hack away a little bit, 
and and open this door or, or at least just make a path for you all to slip through. I'll work on that then. Okay. Swing at the door a bit. I'll assist. Okay. While they're doing that, Arrhenial kind of wants to poke around those bone effigies in the little cutout areas. Okay. Just before the door. What does that mean, poke around? Do you want to chip away and then like uncover one from below the ice? Um, want to to sort of look at them first, but yeah, I might just to see what. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to, like I said, it's, it's, it's clearly decorative. It's an effigy of some kind. It's hard to determine because of just the way in which the ice covering and the grime obscures exactly what you're looking at to determine what kind of bones. But if you take the time to chip away, do you? Yeah. Yeah. They're working on something else. So I will. You can see that the bone is, like there's a there's is a series of bones that almost looks like something that might be femur like, but you quickly discard the notion that whatever this is is purely humanoid, as there is this kind of fractured reptilian like skull sitting atop it. The skull itself is probably the size of maybe a wolf or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you can see it just sort of, as you as you chip away, it's coated in that grime. And there's probably a stack underneath it of these, what looks like these 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 femurs that have been affixed in such a way as to kind of create like a little pedestal to sit the head upon head atop. I'm gonna pick up that skull to examine it. You reach in, you grab. It's extremely cold as you pick it up. You noticed, I'll say two things as you pick this up. First, there is some strange fracture down the right side of the skull behind where the eye would be. It's just all the way down the side, this kind of jagged, maybe it it almost on, on one hand, it looks it almost looks like it's a carving. You flip it over mm. and you see that, no, it's not. It actually goes clean through. It's, it was some sort of fracture, but it seems mended. The second thing you notice is that there is something in that small pedestal that the skull was sitting atop. Uh, a will set the skull down um kind of take a look at Gilly because I think Gilly wasn't working on the door um and just Gilly's just giving light uh she's on Talendil's shoulders (laughs) 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 I may regret this in two seconds but uh Aranea will uh, reach in and see what is inside the pedestal it's a jar a grimy jar you pull it out again extremely cold mm-hmm. you feel a stickiness on your hands as you pull this out like a like to the point where you have to sort of pull your hands away you feel something sloshing around inside despite the temperature you can feel something sloshing around Arrhenial just sort of mutters this this should be frozen and she'll um kind of wipe the side of the jar to see if she can see uh, what is sloshing inside. 
discolored liquid, kind of yellowish. And you see something inside of it, like it, it looks bulbous. It looks kind of uh, fleshy and it's sort of moving around. But as you move it around, you see it kind of break apart. It, it looks not dissimilar from when you pickle vegetables or, or other, uh, other things, except it's, it's a little bit more amorphous in shape. And as you start to move it, you see it breaks apart and becomes this sort of tissue-like substance now uh, mixed with that yellow, yellowish liquid. Mm. Uh, well, and she'll just sort of turn to, to Gilly and the others and just say, I think perhaps I uh, stirred this a bit too much and I've destroyed whatever was inside. And, and Gilly just doesn't really know what to say. You, you, we, we didn't even know what those were. I, I know. And she'll, Arinia will look back where the jar had been in the pedestal. Just see if it's just an open space at this point, if there's anything for Yeah, it's just inside. the, there's the bones that have been stacked to create the pedestal. And inside of it, there was the jar on top of that, almost like a cap on top of that little effigy was the skull okay and there are more there's another one of these effigies every uh, every like connective passageway between these different notable rooms you have seen two to six of these types of effigies uh, if Floy and Sorinder are still working on the door. Uh, Arineal might try to see if she could do a better job at a different one. Uh, th- this this took a little time. So okay, they're done. They're okay. done. Yeah. Sure. So at this point, Floy, Sorinder, you've managed to carve away enough that all of you can kind of slip through that kind of three-foot gap. You can even push the door open. You hear the as you try to push it a little bit open. Some ice breaks away and falls down here and there. Um, but ultimately, you are able to to move forward if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely slip in and see what's passed. Okay. So everyone starts entering into this room. You notice as you wander into this room that there are... What you thought might have been furniture like like little pedestals here and there as you kind of get a little closer and the light casts around you actually notice that there are a, a couple dozen of these short outcroppings of rock and ice sticking them out of the ground roughly your height actually gilly maybe maybe a touch taller they're almost like tall tree stumps and they're sort of you know they're sort of their size the nearest one to you uh, it's only a few feet away as you, you come in. And you can see that there are dozens that extend further and deeper into the room. You see a top of it, Gilly. Like the first thing you see just looking from a few feet away. There is the body of a frozen white bird. 
kind of perched atop of it, frozen in a perch place. Okay. That's what you see from a distance. She's going to approach it to look at it closer. Okay. Roll scan test. Uh, pass. Just regular success. Okay. It's fine. First thing you notice as you get up here that there are dark stains on the ice. You notice that its legs have been frozen in place atop, like into the ice itself. And you can see that the the bird is kind of up but in this horrible shape and it's kind of contorted in such a way. And you can see there are dark stains where you would think it kind of, as you you look a little bit more closely, it doesn't look like grime. It looks sort of this this sort of reddish brown, very brownish type color mixing in with the ice. You've seen Mm -hmm. blood blood on ice. Which is in itself kind of a horrible thing to consider. But as you look more closely, you notice that the outcropping is, is it's ice. It's not stone. And within it, you can see a long dead body of a human or perhaps an elf. It's hard to say without chipping away at it. It's certainly not a dwarf or a hobbit. It's definitely human or elf. Mm-hmm. You see it's resting on its knees. Its head is is slumped and it's kind of on the top of the head where it's become somewhat flat where that bird has perched itself as you're there you see as you're looking at it you watch inside the ice the head very slowly swivels or at least it seems to swivel and looks directly at you then the bird suddenly and violently starts flapping and you feel wind and ice shavings hit you in the face. Go ahead and roll a, um, uh, excuse me, go ahead and roll a wisdom test. Wisdom, okay. The rest of you, while she's inspecting this, you watch as all of these other stumps in this room, which look basically identical from a distance, they all have that white dead bird on top of it. You see the birds just erupt. Like the one that's the, the closest one to the one that Gilly's inspecting starts to go, go, go crazy. Then the next one, and it kind of creates this weird jagged line. Not all of them in the room are doing it until it reaches into the far dark recesses of the room. And then... Instantly, all of them stop. How'd you do, Gilly? Great success. Okay, you suffer one point of shadow. Great, it's just the one extra, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just one. So yeah, Yeah. you suffer one. I am miserable. The rest of you uh, can roll, uh, at this point, Valor, as this is more dread for you, sorcery for Gilly. Okey-doke. I'm so good at Valor. You're very Valorous. Roll the 8 needed the 17. <laughs> That's less than what you need. <laughs> Take two points of Shadow, Floy. I rolled a 13 and needed an 18. 
Also two points of shadow, Soren Deer. Irineal. Irineal uh, got a great success. You're fine. You'll keep it together. Everything suddenly goes quiet. What would you guys like to do? Soren Deer is now miserable. I mean, he was before, but now it's a mechanic. <laughs> Same with Gilly. There's a there's a corpse frozen, and, and it looked at me. Where? Which one? This, this one. Don't don't look at it. I want to stab it with my spear. You stab it with your spear. You take your spear, your great spear out. You thrust the spear into it. And just like the creature, the thing that Floy yanked the sword out of, this thing inexplicably and against all physics shatters into a thousand small pieces. Ice and whatever thing, human, elf, something that was kneeled and bowed within this, this ice canister. Getting a bit antsy over there, are we? Do you jest? Have you not seen where we are? The the mortal realm is merging with the immortal realm. This is no time for humor. But these could be formerly good and honorable folks that we are def- defiling what is left of them. They're cursed souls. Move along then. Reniel would look at another one. She'll go over, over to a different one and look at it. You look down, you see the same thing. As you lean down, you have to kind of kneel down to kind of take a look at this. As you're watching, you notice the eyes blink. And then once more, the bird atop of it suddenly begins to flap its wings. It animates. It was dead otherwise, frozen. And it starts to flap and flap and flap and flap. And then the one three feet from you does it again. And then one off to the right of that one does it again. Yours suddenly quiets. And then it creates this sort of jagged, strange, like lightning pattern until it reaches the dark recesses of the room that your light doesn't take you. And then it stops. I need you now to actually roll a wisdom test to okay. for shadow sorcery. The rest of you are okay. You don't got to do the dread again. Okay. Uh, got this. Three. Uh, okay, and this is wisdom is against wits, and I ooh, I passed with a twenty. Just the one. I'm sorry. Just the one pass. Just no great success or anything. That is correct. I rolled zero sixes. Take two shadow. Okay. There is sorcery afoot in this room. Something strange is happening here. You look on the ground, you see the shattered ice. These birds are dead. They are dead. Everything goes quiet once more. What do you guys want to do? 
Iridiel just, you see this just whole body just sort of shudder. She pulls her cloak. I warned you. We, we should get out of this room. <sighs> Don't disagree. Let us be gone. Continue forward. Mm-hmm. You continue forward. You start working to the back of the room then. To that dark recessed area. You get about halfway through. And three of the stumps behind you, the birds begin to flap and then stop. Take five more steps, and on the right-hand side of the room across from you, you see two of these birds suddenly flap and stop. And it's like this as you continue to traverse this long room. Not particularly wide, but very long. Every few steps, there's a flapping. And then finally, your light goes far enough that you can see the dark recesses. And you see a wall of strange ice and that there is something frozen, something very large, massive, in fact, frozen beneath it that seems to be, there's a pattern to it in ways that some of the other grind that you haven't seen before, extending from the entire width of this room and and pretty much the whole height as well. You don't see immediately another room or door out of here though we need to go back there has to be a way through and I'll start exploring this room a bit more thoroughly okay um, is there a particular place you're going to look or is it just you're just looking around seeing what you can find I know the walls are covered in ice. I'd mm-hmm. like to try and look at them more closely, see if there's another door that's been frozen like the one we saw before, maybe okay. just not frozen open. Okay. Uh, you you look around. Um, I'll say two things stand out to you. The first thing is that on when you first came in the room, we'll say on the right side of this long room, you do, in fact, find beneath this thick layer of this dark ice, there appears to be an archway. The second thing you notice is that on the far end of the room, as you're looking around for other exits, you realize what it is that's been frozen and affixed to the wall. It is a massive eagle. Its wings stretched from the far left side of this room to the far right side of this room. It is utterly encased in ice. Even its beak, its feathers, everything. It doesn't look intact. It looks like it's been sort of dissected and then affixed to the wall as one might affix a butterfly collection. And us. He's been 
slain, frozen. This is a dire, dire omen. These Marvelous bird, but can we get through this archway? These other birds remain. Lend me a hand again, Sorendir. I'll see if I can hack my way through. Sorendir will uh, stay standing there, just staring at the bird as Floyd goes. And after a minute, he'll start to catch up with Floyd and give him a hand. Okay. And it doesn't, it's not difficult, just time consuming. It takes a few minutes. And as you're doing it, those the birds in this weird frequency just flap and flap and flap they come to life and flap they come to life and flap they create these weird patterns shifting throughout here and there and it's very unsettling but eventually floy sorandira you make you make a, a space large enough that you all could climb through and leave this room from a different path you would you would tell floy from your understanding of of architecture right that this likely is going to, like you see in the, did I say right at the left room? Sorry, the left side. This is likely going to reach the the room that that one collapsed tunnel might have led to. Gotcha. What do you guys want to do? back all the way and take the other route that we did not take. I just painstakingly hacked through ice to open this path and you want to go back. I, f- I feel like the way that we need to go would have as many obstacles as possible. Don't, don't you agree? There are obstacles every which way we turn. Obstacles to our bodies, obstacles to our minds. Every which way we turn, there's some force at work. Place. This ice is not not a physical corruption, but a spiritual one. Be on guard. And I'll go in. Okay. You go in. I'm presuming Gilly's Gilly follows with the light. Quickly behind <laughs> with the light. You notice as the light again bounces here and there off various things that this room is filled with strange machinery. You can see these large industrial drills, clamps, vices, blades, straps. All these different things covered in ice and grime throughout. It's probably roughly the same size as the room that you just left. However, parts of it have collapsed. So you can see the far side of the wall from the way you came in has collapsed, cutting off probably half of the room. And you can see the way that would take you back to the initial nexus point where you found the the second sword also collapsed 
There's no other way out of this room that you can immediately tell. But you do see tons and tons of, of machinery that you think is intact, just kind of covered in this ice and grime. There's some sort of craft or investigation I can roll to understand what this machinery is for. Sure, you can roll craft. Yeah, can I help? Yeah, it's fine. Take a bonus die from Perennial. Put your heads together. Extraordinary success. Okay, you don't need to brag. <laughs> you can essentially, as you're looking through this, like it's the basic engineering of these devices is 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 pretty basic. Like you you understand how it works. You understand how a drill works. It's just the way it's affixed to this table seems strange. This doesn't. It, it, it's going horizontal. Why why would this be going horizontal and not not sort of vertical with gravity here and there? Why is it affixed in this particular position? Why isn't this something you can kind of mix and move? You see this kind of clamping station, like on top of this large kind of pedestal. You see what looks like these old straps that have long worn away, likely leather rawhide of some kind they're not in particularly good condition I mean you kind of talk this out you piece it together some you think some of these are Floyd you're seeing that when you look at them similar to what carpenters would use to separate wood or a miller might use to kind of plane logs but everywhere on these devices, you're seeing stains that are consistent with sort of blood on stone. This is some sort of strange torture devices or some weird, dark experimentation. All of you, go ahead and roll a Valor test. As you start to envision the different ways that these devices are used, who they might have been used upon, what they might have been used upon. There's evidence in this room to suggest not just not just elves and humans or orc, but other creatures, other designs that suggests beasts have been experimented with here in some way for some dark aims. Fail with a nine this time. It's a fail with a nine. Okay. Oh, Any... evil! Evil was done here. Irenial passes. Okay. I got an extraordinary success. Okay, Sorndir. Uh, yeah. So the eleven is a Gandalf, right? You? No, that is my good friend Sauron. Oh. Yep. Yep. And uh, I, I rolled a Sauron, and I'm already miserable, so it's an automatic fail along on top of the Sauron. Well, good news is that Floy, Sorendir, you only get one point of shadow. The bad news is, Sorendir, as you kind of stand and take in, you feel a hand on your shoulder, like a reassuring hand, like trying to help you steady yourself. But then you look around and you realize, well, Floy and Arineal are right there and there's, there's Gilly in the center of the room. 
flanked by Talon, Dill, and Marim Bem. And you quickly turn, and you see one of those creatures that you've seen before, like shadow encased in ice, this spiky hand on your shoulder, completely unmoving. Never swung my spear so fast in my life. You swing your spear around, and this thing explodes in ice and in grime. Some strange mist begins to cascade around the room. You start coughing as you breathe in some of that dark shadow, that ashiness. You start hacking and hacking away. Did any of us see what he just swung out? Um, I mean, it happened very fast. Um, all of you were overcome with this sort of... I'll say anybody who... I'll say, Floyd, you you failed, so you don't get it. Gilly and Arineal, roll an awareness test, but I'm going to give you... I'm going to say a minus two on this. You're, you guys are consumed by this distraction. And this all happened so fast, because Sorinder did specifically say so hard, so fast. Sure. Uh, pass. Pass. The two, the two of you see not so much the creature, but the shadow it casts from your lamp as you turn around and you watch Sorendir whip the spear around and just explode this thing. And you watch as this, this, the ice collapses in a thousand pieces, similar to what you've seen before, but that kind of ashy grime lingers in the air, almost like a mist before eventually dropping down. And when you look at Sorendir, you can see there's almost like soot on his face, on his clothes, and he's coughing. And you can see... He drops to one knee, just coughing. Was something coming out? Uh, just more, like the stuff that you're, the stuff that you breathe in, you're coughing some of it out. Absolutely. Yeah, I just complete hacking fit uh, on the ground here. And Reniel will go over to Sorendir and, you know, kind of do the old, just kind of patting him on the back, just trying to help with the coughing. As soon as you touch my back, I just, like, recoil away. Uh, just that other thing just touched me, and I did not want to be touched again. So I'll just kind of pull away, and I, I bring my spear up, and then I see it's you, and I drop it immediately. I, it and just, I just keep coughing. Uh, just a just a friend, just a friend, and she'll look at um, Gilly. And did you even see where where that came from? Uh, no, but these these creatures are too easy to fell, and breathing that in it it cannot be good. It 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 moved though. It was right. It wasn't there, and then it was right there. It. We're not... They're creatures of shadow. We're not being careful enough. When Gilly said breathing that in cannot be good, Sorendir still coughing just gives her the angriest look. And even though you're glaring at her, she's digging through her pack for, like, fabric or bandage or something for you to wrap around your face so that you don't breathe to help protect against any more... 
I'll just kind of forcefully snatch it and still coughing, but getting better. I stand up and just try to tear off a few strips to attach them as best I can. I, I, I worry it's a warning, like something's being alerted. We've killed three. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm paranoid, but. I, I, we can't help but to be paranoid in this place. We are here for answers. While he's having his coughing fit, does the path from this room lead back to that luggage? Apologies. Yeah, you can see that one of the long sides of the room has collapsed. So if you would have expected another one of those passages that connect these different three rooms together, if you would expect a, a doorway there, it's not there. Everything's been collapsed. And then on one of the short sides, which would have led back to that little nexus where you saw like the three different branching paths, that also has collapsed. So the only real way out of here is to just go back through the bird room. And that collapse is pretty like non. It's. I mean, you're a you're a dwarf, so you would know that you could certainly do it if you had tools and the proper labor, uh, and it would take some time. Like it's not like it's impossible to ever pass it. It's just relative to how long it would take you to do it. Like you're talking hours, proper tools, backbreaking labor, and then the fact that it's ice, and so your fingers are going to be ripping apart as you try to do these things. Then I recommend we just backtrack to the bedroom again. And Arinia just keeps shaking her head, just looking at these torture tables. Like we've seen things that are evil, but there's just something to this that's just distressing. So, do you expect this to be a pleasant place? It's not. I said there's levels to the evil that we've seen. This is. Are there any other of those frozen figures in this room? No. Well, I do not want to linger here any longer. Sorendir, sorry, uh, would want to just get some distance from the group. And he wouldn't necessarily go back into the bird room, but he'd just wander to a farther side of the room and just start kicking around, just looking for something to focus his attention on other than what just happened to him. Okay. Um, okay. You find a far corner of the room. There's a handful of these these tools on the walls. You're kicking and you're kicking, and you notice that the wall begins to crack. The ice wall begins to crack. And fractures and chunks of ice fall down. And you see 
that there is this alcove, but as you look at it more closely, you realize it's a cell, as there are bars that have come down. And you see that there is a handful of them on the far side of the room that were completely blocked, as far as you can tell. They don't lead anywhere, but there are these cells. They're empty of any bodies or anything like that that you can't see as you you peer through the ice of those you haven't cracked the one that you have cracked you lean in take a look you can tell that there are on the ground there was once some kind of tapestry or fabric on the ground and you do see that Underneath the layer of ice inside of these cells, it looks as though there are some kind of lettering or symbols on the walls. More black speech. Do you go inside? You step inside, you take a closer look, just because it's easier, we'll say you can still kind of see it. It's Sindarin. It's elvish. And it reads? It reads as some sort of... journal entry some sort of documentation of who a person was it's very strange the point of view of it seems peculiar it almost seems as though the writer is talking to themselves directing and you read it's all along the cell every bit of it it's it's madman scratching on the walls you realize that it's memories that are being recorded on the walls themselves. At no point is it ever is it ever mentioned who's writing it, but if you stay in here, you do in fact recognize within the writing itself names that you know, names of people that you've met in Forlond, the Lady Otolos among them. It's referencing them here and there. Not in any serious manner, just as if friends, lovers, etc. That type of thing. Gilly, bring your paper, your quill. Uh, okay, okay. I take her lantern, and I hold it up, and I just start reading, word for word. Okay. Gilly starts inscribing. Absolutely. Gilly... Every third sentence, your head kind of twitches, non-voluntary. And you realize, like, your ears are shifting because you keep hearing that crackling. It just keeps happening. And Sorendir is, is reading, and you're doing your best to write it down, and you're doing a perfectly fine job. But then that third or fourth sentence comes around, and your charcoal suddenly... As you 
without reason, almost like you're like a cough, like that kind of instinctual force of the head. The crackling kind of comes through again. Okay. It's very unsettling, but at the same time, it's not causing you to be unable to do this work. But you continue to hear it. it doesn't okay. go away. You hadn't heard it for a little while, but hear it again now. Once we're done, Gilly's going to try and see if she can figure out where it's coming from. Roll an awareness test. Uh, pass. Just regular success, though. You think it's coming from you? Like, it's something on you. Something you're carrying or wearing or in your pack. You've heard it everywhere. You've heard it at the same level of sound. It's always felt like it's near you. Gilly's going to start, like, checking her person to see if she can identify where it's coming from. Start going through your things. And as you reach underneath your clothes, underneath your shirt, Mm -hmm. to where you have, I think this is where you've kept it, if I recall. Yeah. Is that where you keep it? Yeah. So, the Pearl of Calabrian is, as you pull it out, you can see that there are a thousand small cracks in it. No, 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 no. What have you done? I, I've done nothing. How, how could you have... Do you not understand the value of what you carry? I'm aware. Your lantern bursts. Light goes completely out. Everything's black. Floy, Arineal, Gilly, Sorndir, you cannot see anything. Your torches dim. You hear the sounds of flapping wings. What do you guys do? That's why hurry. If you've you've written enough, we, we must we must get out of this room. Soren, Deer, and Gilly, you do not hear that. Yeah, because you guys are in a different room, right? You guys are in the cell. Yeah. Soren, Deer's reading. You're transcribing. A of old and run that oh. direction toward the cell. Okay, you run in the direction of the cell, and you just feel solid ice wall. You're looking, you're looking, you're feeling. If you feel some of the equipment here and there, you're feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling. There's no alcove. There's no cell. You don't feel anything. Floy. I I can't get to them. Something's got us. Just look. Look look, look around for a presence. I mean... I can swing at the wall, see what happens. You start swinging. You start looking around. There's no light. It is pitch black in this room now. 
you guys, the two of you can hear each other just fine. You can hear you can, Marimbem and Talendil. We said they're looking, they're, you know, same thing. You can hear them too. The four of you can hear each other. Mm-hmm. Gilly, Sorinder, you cannot hear them. I, I knew it. 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 We're, we're going to die. Quit crying and light the lantern. Always been. And, and she'll try and light the I can't. I can't light it. Gilly, you try to light it. And you do. The room illuminates the cell. You look in horror at two things. One, the pearl is in a thousand pieces on the ground. Two, the entranceway to the cell is a block of several inch thick ice grime. Sorndir, roll a scan or an awareness, whichever you prefer. Always going to be awareness on that one. Gilly's going to be scrambling to get all of the pieces of the pearl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a great success with a 19. Soren, dear, you notice as you're looking around, your anger kind of coursing through you, all of the words on the cell that you just transcribed to Gilly are gone. And in their place, black speech. Both of you, roll a wisdom test for sorcery. I'm sorry, roll wisdom? Wisdom against sorcery, basically, is what it is. It's a shadow test. Floy, Arineal, the two of you notice now a very dim light begin to emerge from beneath a layer of ice and grime on the far end. Arineal are probably closest to it. And you can see. However, when you look back towards Floy, who's kind of hacking and looking around, you can see that there are three figures standing right behind Floy. They are ice and shadow. They are not moving. They are standing completely still. And one of them has a long and very bright and beautiful sword plunged through the torso. Floy, behind you. Floy, behind you. And Arineal's getting out her sword. You get your sword swing out. Around. You swing around, and there's three of them. They're looking right at you. You have there's no eyes, but the faces, and it's again just that black shadow, shadow encased in ice, staring you. I just cleave right at, at whatever's in front of me. You cleave at the first one. It explodes again into a million pieces of ice. The mist begins to erupt. That shadowy ash that Sorinder breathed in, and now Floyd, you do the same thing. If you continue to hack, coughing away, it takes no effort to destroy these things. But that black mist now just creates this huge cloud in the room. Floy, you start coughing and hacking. Arineal, uh roll an athletics test. Okay. Oh, I actually have to do the math on this one. Uh, three, uh, pass by one, 14. Okay. I needed a 13. You managed to quickly cover up your mouth before that cloud kind of reaches towards you you also notice like maybe your hackles are up maybe you're being paranoid but it sure seems as though that mist 
that that was formed from the destruction of those things is moving in like weird directions. You see almost like a tendril reach out towards you, Arineal, another towards Talendel and Marimbem, who their veteran ranger status, they're quickly covering their faces. And then it dissipates or falls to the ground. Floyd, you see clattering on the ground in front of you an identical, beautiful sword worth another four treasure if you would like it. I'll pick it up as I keep hacking. And you get through all three of them. It just makes that mist grow. And you have, it doesn't, it's no effort. You do it just fine, but you can't help but cough and cough and cough. Arineal, by the time he's done, you look over at him. His once, whatever color, Floyd, Floy, what was your beard color? I think it was like a gray, maybe a red. It is now black as this, this ashy mist has settled into it. The whole thing, and you can see smudges on his forehead here and there, but it's mainly in his hair. Gilly and Sorendir, both of you are inside the cell while this is happening. You two have your own issues to deal with. What are you doing? Uh, Gilly's... Do you want to know the results of our uh, wisdom? Oh, yes, yeah. please. Thank you. Extraordinary totally... success. You're golden. Uh, we said that the 11 is a Gandalf, right? Eleven's <laughs> a <laughs> I rolled another, another one. Uh, okay, take two points of shadow. Um, uh, that that puts me at my max. Okay, uh, do you shadow scar up? Uh, no, I, it, it means that I'm going down my path. I'm gonna have. A oh, sorry. I thought you were gonna do. I thought you were like planning to do the shadow thing first. Okay, uh, what? I'll give you a second to look that. Do you, do you have it ready? Do you know what you're going to do? Uh, it, it means I'm going to gain the flaw wavering, but I don't exactly know how it's going to work out yet. Okay. So how does this manifest? You see Gilly scooping up all these tiny pieces. You look around. The words are different. It's a different language around you. The light is now working. You vaguely hear the sounds of Arineal and Floy. You can hear the sounds of Floyd with his dwarf-like grunt. You know he's swinging his weapon. You hear Floyd coughing, Arineal shouting something, Marimben and Talendale. There is a sheet of ice between you and them. What do you two do? I am going to... Gilly, you said you're trying to scoop up the pearl? Yeah, she's going to get a shadow scar from, from the sharp edges of it. As soon as you start going for it, I'm going to just, with the entirety of my spear, just shove it at you and just shove you back and away. Foolish, foolish hobbit. And I start uh, trying to scoop up the pearl myself. And I just completely fall to the ground and I'm like kind of covering this pearl with my own body. And I'm just scraping up as much as I can. Not even looking at Gilly anymore. You start bringing into your hands extremely sharp, tiny little cuts are now coming up into your hand. You can feel the blood from when you cut your palm outside. It's kind of, it's still sort of moist, but no longer warm. And you can feel like the tiny little cuts in your fingers. You, it doesn't hurt. Like your hands or your fingers are so frostbitten at this point that you you don't feel the pain, but you can see the cuts happening. 
Gilly, you get shoved back. You slam against the ice where he shoved you towards. No damage. You stumble to the ground, and you're on your hands and knees, and you realize, hanging from your neck, bursting out from underneath your outerwear, the pearl of Celebrion is still there. And she just tucks it beneath her sh- her shirt, and she just watches Sorendir as he was someone she thought she could trust, and yet he treated her like this. He is cursing, uh, in general, at her, uh, saying the foulest things. Uh, I thought you were better than this. I believed in you. We should have left you there. I should have never asked for you to come with us. How could you have let this happen? I this didn't. pearl it's is obviously the darkness, you idiot. You are useless. You never should have come. You're a liability. We're always trying to save you. And now look at what you've done. What are you saying? I can't understand you. I'm saying that you should have just stayed in your hobbit hole. Your filthy little hole. How do you know to speak that? That's not elvish and that's not common. What are you saying? Stay stay away from me. Don't come any closer. Not even looking at her. I just dig in even deeper. I'm just scraping at the ground. You're seeing blood stains from every fingertip going at it. Blood begins to spread on the ice. You pull up all these tiny pieces, these tiny shards of something. You look in your hands. You're cupping your hands together. There are hundreds of small, sharp pieces that you realize now covered in your blood or bone. What sorcery? You've brought that artifact that's cursed now. You've cursed us all. We're all going to die because of you. I don't know what you're saying. Stop talking to me. I just kind of, I take these bones and I, I am revolted by them, but I can't drop them because of what they symbolize to me. And I just kind of pull them up to my chest. I'm being soaked in blood here. And I just, crawl scramble away from Gilly towards the other side of the cell and I just kind of collapse into the corner and I'm just muttering under my breath still haven't looked at her and, and Gilly's crying as she's up along the far side so I imagine Sorndeer's closer towards the ice wall as she's just flat up against the cell wall yeah, so so Sorndir went into the deep recesses of the cell. You're by the oh, front okay. where so the she's closer. Yeah, got it. So and and so and and it's just it's a it's a it's a relatively small cell, but the the light is doing strange things in here. 
You hear the sounds of them outside. Floy, Arineal, you hear voices. At this point, Floy, you've managed to finish off the rest of them. The mist has now settled. You're coated in it. Arineal, it's even on your clothes. You've managed to cover up your, your face, as have Marinben and Talendil. However, all of you, you can see the residue all over you. But you can hear the sounds of Gilly inside and you can hear her voice. She sounds scared. She sounds angry, upset. And then the other voice you hear. It sounds... It sounds... Haunting. It sounds... Terrible. It sounds... Black speech whispering through the ice. After I catch a breath a bit. Renew, lend me your hand. I start hacking at the wall. Trying to get through. The two of you, it's not just furiously, not hard. Takes not even a minute between the two of you manage to break through. When you, when you burst it down, Gilly, you take a couple steps back. You turn, you can see the hole open up. Floy, Arinu, you make like this small opening. You look through the cell. You can see Sorendir in the far corner of the cell. You see that. He's kind of crumpled to the ground. He's got his his hands and kind of in front of him. He's covering his face. And you see, it's as if the ice has just wrapped these kind of two arms around him. Like he's like he's sitting almost spooning with some sort of extension of the corner. And you see affixed behind Sorendir's head, which is now fully face in his hands, bleeding. There is one of those frozen shadows of ice, its head resting on Sorendir's shoulder, as if hugging him from behind. I'll just charge at that shadow. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Sorendir, you see Floy charging at you. I I see him through my fingers and I just rip down my hands and it cuts my face. I'm covered in blood and you see fire and anger looking at you. But this ice has just literally taken hold of my heart and I cannot move. Floyd, what do you do? Oh, you said that ice sculpture is like around him, right? I just want to it's like a so Sorendir is sitting on the ground, but it's as if he's sitting, kind of like think of like a almost like a spooning position, but sitting up. Sorendir is the is the, is the the front, the smaller, and then this creature is kind of sitting behind him, almost leaning on his back, the head on its sho- on Sorendir's shoulder, arms kind of wrapped around his torso. I just want to strike at that sculpture for you, you. You slash down with your axe. And like everything else, it bursts. And it's a small cell. So all three of you, Arinio, I'm going to say you're okay. Uh, you're okay probably. But Gilly, Floy, Sorendir, you're in this cell as this thing erupts. Could I roll uh, to see if I could cover my mouth fast enough? Yeah. Since it, it, I was I, concerned about it before. I'll say... Uh, athletics at minus two. It's a small space. So but okay, m- minus two G. As he 
breaks that ice around me, I just lunge at him. I, I don't have my spear. I already tossed it at Gilly on the other side of the cell. Sure. I, I just go for his neck with my bloody hands. Sure. Roll, uh, I mean, roll an attack. This would be brawling, which I actually have pips in. I've it would, in fact, be brawling. Yeah, no one no one played a brawl character. I almost played in a Garbly game uh, that Lewis was running that I really wanted to play, but I just couldn't make it work with my schedule, and I wanted to make a, a dwarven brawler. So it was just like, I'll fight you. Come here. <laughs> I am I am a roller coaster here. Uh, I, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I rolled a Gandalf. Uh, 17 to hit with a Gandalf. So... My feeling is that it's for the best, for the side of good. That's what a Gandalf would do. So I'm going to say you're successful at kind of hitting Floyd, but I would say you're going to hit him sort of in a place that is not going to to harm him, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I didn't really want to... I I imagine that it was more of like a grapple where I was just throwing myself at him. So, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily doing an attack that would cause damage because okay. that's not how Soren Deer actually fights uh, with his hands. I imagine that I just, like, completely tackle him to the ground and I've got my bloody hands around his neck and then I, you see just a flicker. Uh, the, the fire in his eyes kind of dims for a second and I just let go and kind of just collapse and roll to the side uh, on the ground next to you. He was speaking black speech. Are you guys okay? No. Uh, we we thought that the we thought that the pearl broke, and then and then he he threw me to the other side of the room. He did what? And and then he started to speak black speech, and and Gilly's scrambling out of the room, and she's taking Sorendir's spear with her. And she tosses it to Marimbem. What, what did you see in here? I and that's when Gilly thinks, and she she scrambles to grab her notebook, and she's checking to see if she actually inscribed what was there. Yes. Or if she okay. Okay. Oh, we still, I still have it. There was we inscribed tales from someone who was trapped here. And then the lights went out, and it was suddenly, suddenly black speech. And then, and then, and she just looks at, at Sorendir. Who has since turned and onto his side into like the corner of the cell right next to the wall. And he pulls his cloak around as, as tight as he can, and you just see that he's softly sobbing. We need to get out of this cell. This is just... This is too small an area. Let's get... Let's get out of the cell and gather our thoughts and Arrhenia will sort of put her cloak around Gilly. Fine. And I'll slowly approach Sorndir and maybe like hum a little song that he's sung before to try to calm him down a bit. Beautiful. Does it calm you down, Sorendir? 
This black I would say dwarf. It, it would it would take a while, but I think it would end up calming me down. Floy is one of the, the few people in the past thousand years that have really earned uh, Sorendir's trust and companionship. So I, I think it would have a positive effect. Okay. You can feel like the shaking in your hands suddenly slow. This pain now catches up with you, these tiny little scratches. They're a little muted and distant still from the cold, but you can kind of feel them more now. You look over towards Gilly, and you see in all the ruckus, there's the pearl hanging from her neck. Deep breath, and I just... I... Gilly... And I just covered my face again. Don't talk to me. Let us go. There's too much shadow here. Go back out into torture room. Marimben holding Sorendir's spear. Talendil has taken up a guard stance by the entrance to the, the bird room is awaiting you all. Very little light, but you can see that Talendil has pulled out a torch. It is... It is dimmed, but it seems the light is once more working as it should. Gilly, your lamp adds to that now. What do you guys want to do? Uh, Reniel's just sort of turning maybe to to Marimbem and just, I don't, it it was hugging him. I, I don't, I don't understand. It wasn't trying to hurt him. It wasn't trying to choke him. It wasn't trying to stab him. It was it was it was like comforting him I, I we 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 smashed these things and and the the, the dust just but what 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 could they be they're they're not are they she snaps at you like mean the way when you first met her she turns to you quit your I know not what evil echoes here. This is my first footfalls in this place, just as it is yours. Straighten your spine. I do not ever turn away from a fight. I just want to be sure that we are attacking things worthy of attacking. There are no assurances. There's no assurance in anything we do. We left the Breedlands knowing there is no assurance we would return. What we do here, we don't know. We come to a place that, by your tales, ruined the minds of elves. And you think we, a dwarf, a hobbit, a meek and dark elf, and us, rangers, broken people, from a broken line that could not hold the very kingdoms that once called this place home. You would think we, we can survive that, which his people stronger than him could not. Don't be foolish. And like her face is just contorted in like this anger that you've mm-hmm. not seen in some time. 
And Arrhenial, as she always does with Mary Bob, just sort of takes her, heeds her words, and she does sort of straighten her back. And you guys hear as Gilly takes like a rattling deep breath in. Enough. We're already falling apart at the seams. It's plucking us apart thread by thread and we're running out of time. We need to go forward. With that, I'll lead us back to the bird room. Try to get through it. Go to the bird room. Talondale steps aside, lets you go through. Floy, you immediately notice something's different. You don't see any of the birds. You see on the ground, fresh blood everywhere. Covering those mounds where the kneeled and bow-headed humans and elves are covered in ice. You can see it all over them. If you get close to one of them, you can see still encased in the ice are the feet of each bird, but you see none. The terrain's changed. We, we heard nothing of this. If we can go Sorcery. through quickly. And Arrhenial will look back at the, the ice wall to see if the eagle is still pinned on the ice wall. Exactly where you left it. No point in lingering. We... We could... And Arrhenial just starts chipping at the ice on the wall. Of the eagle? Mm-hmm. Okay. What it could take you, some time, but you could do it. Yep. Why? What are you doing? I... I don't. We we don't understand what is we here. We don't have time to understand. And she's just—you can see—she's just sort of getting some uh, pent-up energy out. If a strong enough argument is made, she'll rejoin the group and continue. Okay. Does that mean you stop? I, 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 I wasn't sure. Is there a reason you're stopping? I, I don't, I don't understand what's here. This, what is useful, what is not useful. So you want to, what exactly? I don't know. Fine. So just. Assuming she hasn't made a whole lot of progress and she'll just no, look I mean, back at the wall again. It would take some time, but like you could do it. It would probably take you a good hour at least, if not more. Just say the word, so, Arrhenial. If you have an idea, I'll lend you a hand. I, 
I don't know. I don't know what to make of any of this. We just have to make choices and something will come of it one way or the other. So keep pounding the ice. She's sort of curious about this. Okay. It's going to take an hour at least for you to uncover this giant eagle splayed on the wall. Then we'll see what just like rest a bit while they cool down and I'll help her out if she wants. Okay. So if you wait around in here, resting a bit, Gilly, you have your lantern out. Gilly, ever so often, a couple of minutes or so, you hear this cacophony of crackling and it goes away. And it comes back again. Then it goes away. You check your pearl. It's fine. But you continue to hear it. I'm hearing the crackling again. Can can we can we please stop and just go forward? When 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 do you please. hear the crackling? Every now and then. Ever since we went by that that pit. So you heard it in the pit, and where else did you hear it? And I heard it in the cell, and then and then that happened. Every time we linger somewhere, I hear it, and it's like something's getting closer and closer, and I do not want to find out what it is. Can we please? Hey. Okay. Gilly is a Reniel's Fellowship focus, so the okay. level of... Uh concern on Gilly or Neil will stop so you stop we don't rest we just stop after 10 minutes or so and then what to you guys we're gonna backtrack to the path with intake at the nexus yeah where yeah. we saw the three people Floyd you notice that there is a fresh stream of blood coming off of these various stumps where the birds presumably rip themselves free. And it leads back out of this room through where you and Sorinder had made that ajar door open. And you can see it leads back towards that nexus there where you had the three different pathways. Do you follow? The bloodstream, yeah. Work your way back. And you were once again at that nexus. One very clear thing has changed. There are now seven figures standing in the same place where there once were three. None of them have a sword sticking out of them. They're in various shapes, none of which seem familiar to the ones that you've seen already. And they just all stand here couple steps down from the passageway that leads back towards the main portions that you've already passed through. Straight ahead on the other side of this grouping of these figures, you see another one of these smaller archways. The one you haven't traveled down disappear into darkness. Are you ready? 
No, but we must move forward. I'll continue. You go forward. It's a kind of long, relatively narrow passageway. For a little while, it feels actually like you're not even within stone anymore. It just feels like you're in this tunnel of ice. The thickness of the ice itself feels like you can't even see the stonework beneath it anymore. The floor is no longer remotely level, and so you're slipping and tripping, stumbling, each of you catching each other. Eventually, this passageway opens up into a room that is utterly massive. The lights cascading off ice everywhere. The ceilings, receiving the ceiling, which is probably about 30 feet up, slightly domed. The walls, the floors, it actually is a relatively bright room, probably the brightest room you've been in thus far. Again, you see no real signs of stone. On the far end of the room, you see a wide archway leading deeper you think leading down, as you see it, it might be a staircase about 50 feet away. But as you're taking a few steps into the room, you notice something odd about the ice. Normally, when you've seen it thus far, it has taken on odd shapes, but spikes and these, these jagged growths here and there. Something's different about the walls here. It, From a distance, it almost seems like there's small domes here and there. Like bumps all over. Dozens and dozens of them. I'll move closer to see if I get a better idea what they are. Get a little closer. Gilly, a few steps behind with the light, or Talondil, one of the two. And you see a face carved into the ice. An elvish face, you recognize the delicate features. You see a face you recognize. Can't place exactly where from. But you remember, you remember vaguely after you cleanse your cleanse your armor in the gulf as you were returning and you were racing against a storm there was a a pair of elves that were in a fishing boat and they looked confused and they wouldn't respond to your calls to try to, to come in with you you see staring at you the perfect carving of that face and right next to it the partner in the boat there's no expression they stare blankly forward no smile no frown just utterly blank face eyes open lids you can see even 
the faint etchings of what you imagine are lashes and eyebrows. And it just stares forward. Roll a scan test, Floy. Three pips favored. I failed. Okay. You look around, there's others. You start to recognize faces. There's Lady Ortholos. There's Merthel. There's that nice man who who brought a Reniel that that new cloak, the tailor. You start seeing all of these different faces of elves of Forlond. What do you guys want to do? They're splitting images. It's like four lawns here. They said that they were here, but they just didn't remember. That's what Artolis told us. They're all sort of just like carved on this wall. Every face. Every wall in this room. You can see that they're stacked about 15 faces high from floor to ceiling. And then the dome reaches from the top of the walls. Every surface. There's a couple hundred faces. Gilly wants to expect, inspect one of the faces like closer to see if there's like any of those uh, effigies behind the face. Roll scan test. Uh, just a regular pass. You don't notice any effigies. But you do actually notice something as you hold the lantern up you can see the light goes through the ice, which is, again, clean. It's not, like, grimy, these faces. You notice behind the lips where the mouth would be, you see what looks like a small black seed. There's... Some black seed in the mouth. And she'll go and she'll check like the nut one next to it to see if she also sees it there. You see it there. You see the next and, one. Yeah, she'll frantically go from one to the next to the next. They they all they all have some some seed in their mouth. I'll go up to one of the faces. <sighs> Apologies for this. I'll just start carving into it. You start carving into it and it starts fracturing. Don't, don't. Pieces fall to the ground. Chunks. One of those contains the seed. Pick up the seed and see what it's about. Appears to be a black seed, probably about a quarter inch in diameter. 
somewhat rounded, ovular in shape. Doesn't look to be to any plant that you would know. I... We we did not do that with care. We don't know what this does. Elf, that was that... Did you, did you look at the face before... I apologize before carving into it. I mean, but did you look at it to know who it who it might have been? Was it someone that we knew? Um, just a random elf. Is the seed like organic? Can I tell? It's a seed, so sort of by definition, it appears to be. All right. Uh, the uh, the face that you smashed into uh, was uh, a uh, a person by the name of Parmadil, one of the crafters. That's my best friend. That we know who that is. No, that was my. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, Surrender's face is red, and the room is much warmer. <laughs> Yeah, Sorendir would uh he would have his cloak up uh, and he would have just pulled it around him as tight as can be, never even tried to get his spear back. Um and he would be doing his best to stay out of the lantern light and like distant from the group, like obviously within sight and earshot. Um especially trying to stay out of Gilly's eyesight. Gilly has that whole awkward thing where she's not looking at you, but she's very aware of where you're located. So it's it's very obvious that she's she's not looking at you, but she's also nervous because we're in a room of your people, and she's scared that that's going to trigger you to do something irrational again. He's Everybody definitely else. affected by this, but he's covering up his face enough that, that you guys wouldn't be able to really read him. Yeah. If anything, is like presence he's obviously the same size but if you look at him he just seems diminished like he's just a smaller person Aridia will go over to Floyd and just look at this at the seed in his hand and say well seeds go in earth there is no earth here seeds go in water let me that jar you found. Uh, and she'll... <laughs> you just see, like, that thinking face while she goes into her bag and... Uh, I'll just snatch it from her hands when she pulls it out. Okay. <laughs> kind of dump the liquids and just you, try and fill. You pop it open, by the way. Yeah, and you've never smelled anything so foul before. You 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 start to get really really wobbly all of a sudden, and then you retch a little bit. But try to keep it down. But you're otherwise okay. But it is utterly nasty. Well, it's as foul as it looks. But I'll kind of just pour it to the side. 
You dump it on the ground. You look down at the ground. You see it pool. And just this sort of mixture of like old tissue that's giving a viscousness, but a fibrousness to the liquid. But you also notice on the ground, the blood streaks continue through this room to the opposite side of this room into that dark archway that seems to descend away from this room of faces. I'll just put the seed in the jar for now and then follow that bloodstream. Okay. What do the rest of you do? Arineal wants to look around the faces for uh, a face that might be more familiar to us than others. Uh, is there a specific face you're looking for? Yes. Which face? An, an, an elvish face. Whose? Sorenders. You look around. You do not find Sorendir. It takes a while, but you don't see Sorendir. I mean, you see Sorendir, but you don't see Sorendir's face. Sure. Okay. You also don't see Balavan. You're smart enough probably to piece together that the only faces you see are those, the ones that you recognize at least, or every one of the faces you recognize are one of the elves from Farlon that you encountered that were having trouble. Or memory and dream, thought, all of it was kind of mixed together in this strange sort of haphazard nightmare escape. Yeah. That was sort of confirmatory looking. Uh, Floyd, this may sound... I don't know. There's so much, so much to this that we don't understand, but maybe if we... Maybe some of... She's just sort of looking at the the jar with the seed. They are, they are missing memories, and we find a seed here. You want me to get more? No. But it seems... seems disrespectful to smash all of their faces. Yeah, quite, but we can leave it alone for now. The blood trail continues. Okay, let us follow the blood. You make it to the other side of this chamber, descend down another stairwell, again has that feeling of you are like descending into a like an iceberg almost a glacier no longer really see a lot of the stone eventually you enter into a again another large chamber you can see in the center of the room there is a enormous hexagonal hexagonal table of ice and black like striated marble or something like that, it looks like. You can see all around this table 
either tucked underneath or broken and cast into shards near it, are extraordinarily ornate chairs. Dark and sort of terrible looking, but nonetheless, it's hard not to admire the craftsmanship of them. Floy, all around the room, you can see that there are these these angular alcoves. You can see that there are pedestals within them. Most of them are intact. Some of them have been fractured. You can see they're all holding on top of these pedestals, these ice and grime covered objects that some of them even glimmer beneath the ice. All around the floor are these piles of what looks like tattered tapestries, grime, other detritus makes the ground kind of crunch beneath your feet as you as you move around that sort of icy smoothness from the steps that you were coming down not there when you look for the blood you see it tracks right to that large hexagonal table and you see piled on top of it sort of scattered about here and there are about two dozen birds dead splayed blood fresh spread all over this table much like the door as you're watching you're seeing it like seep into these grooves what you guys like to do feel like we're super fucked <laughs> we're not a bird so i think it's okay <laughs> but Loy is eternally optimistic but what if this is like the door outside what 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 occurred when this blood was placed here so Reniel's examining the room to see what if if the blood on the door opened the door, what did the blood on this table affect in this room? Uh, roll a scan or an awareness test. Okay. No, that's a that's a fail. That's done. No idea. Just got here. It's hard to distinguish it from what it looked like pre-bird. Where else are you doing? Soren Deer is in no condition to make any sort of logical decision, so he's just kind of uh, hovering it as far as he can. I'll try to be more stealthy in my approach here. Okay. Approach to what? Approach to the stable. Okay. Wait, this, you said the room's lit. It's not lit. I mean, you guys have, you bring the your reflection own light. light. Okay. Bring your own light. I'll try to go more in the shadow, like the outer ridge. Okay. Light. Carefully. Boots crunching a little bit here and there as you step across this debris. 
you get up next to the table and you see the blood is seeping away. Like it's being absorbed by these grooves. That's in some sort of metal inlay within this otherwise marble table. And when you watch as the blood dissipates, you start to notice that it appears that this is not black speech so much as it is a map of some kind. You see what looks like mountains, rivers, looks familiar. You see what looks like you do some sort of basic, that's mountains of Angmar, the Iron Mountains. You see the Misty Mountains and their north-south running ridge you see far to the west. Your home, the Blue Mountains. This looks like a map of Arner and some kind. There are a variety of locations that seem to be carved into the stone, or excuse me, into the metal here and there. Hard to tell exactly what they are, but you see them. As you're looking over, as you're watching this, a few of these places, you can see that blue-green light begin to just sort of glow ever so faintly. The rest of you, you feel this cold wind just cut through the room. Everyone holds still for a second. You hear the sounds of crunching. You look out and you see at the far end of the table where one of these tucked-in ornate chairs remains. You see movement. You see as bits of tapestry or fabric begins to kind of lift up off of the ground and just kind of coalesce around this, which you now realize this shifting shadow ever so faintly moving about the room. But now, as the detritus begins to wrap itself around, you see that it takes shape. This physical form, this wraith, this white. You see another off to the right in the room by one of the alcoves coalesce once more. Again, all of the debris creating what looks like this scattered collection of broken bits of stone and ice, shadow bleeding out from behind it. And as you guys are watching, you hear this voice emit from the top, from that center seat. And that's where we're going to end for tonight.
and we'll pick up next week. Oh, oh, <laughs> very nice. Oh my gosh, you bastard. <laughs> What's up? Every single place we go in here is so distressing. You are in a hidden fortress, <laughs> rumored to be the headquarters of sorcerers for the Witch King of Angmar. Yup. It ain't a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> what would you want? Going <laughs> fries with that? Uh, <laughs> all right uh cool that was fun um great session y'all we'll see yeah, how it good. goes next week <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the two of you yelling at each other oh my gosh yeah you guys were awesome that was uh that was pretty oh. fantastic that was fun way to it's play it's so hard to see gilly sad i thought of like afterwards i was like i thought of at least five different ways to make that hurt worse and i was like damn it <laughs> that was great um all right. Uh, why don't we do some some closing plugs? We'll go in order of the days. Next time you see us on this channel will be Monday, uh, where we'll be starting, presumably, unless I just disappear into the desert and never return. We are starting Call of Cthulhu, uh, as we are going to be doing some character creation for what is going to probably be a very lengthy campaign. Uh, it's a little thing. You might've heard of this. It's called horror on the Orient express. You guys heard of this? You guys heard of this? You heard of this? I love it. I love doing like the, the nighttime talk show guy. You heard of this? You guys heard of this? Um, (laughs) but that's, uh, that's the plan. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It's just gonna be character creation. Nothing too fancy yet, but we're going to go through these, uh, this wonderful little life path table supplement that I found on drive through. We'll talk more about that on Monday and then Tuesday, Steven, what the hell's going on? Tuesday is Haunted West, the good, the mad, the unholy. Uh, there's a couple familiar faces here, a couple other faces. Uh, it's been a great arc, too. We also ended that last episode on a cliffhanger, and we will get to resolve that, and it could go poorly. So we'll see what happens. Listen, I'm still technically upstairs, so I did what I was told. Still technically upstairs. <laughs> you did go down the stairs. I went a couple steps down, <laughs> which is not in down the stairs. It's a couple Jeff, steps. Your your plot armor runs out when we TPK and end the arc. It's ablative. Like, you're... <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever gotten to RP being in an outhouse. Yeah. So there was that. <laughs> you're welcome. It's like an elevator. Once it's just it's like the elevator. Oh God. Life goals. <laughs> Uh, escort Jeff's character to an outhouse. <laughs> oh goodness! I I I didn't go to the outhouse. I was good. I was the only one who didn't like eat anything nasty. Yeah, yeah. That, that they didn't want to say grace, and my uh, my preacher man uh, was waiting, just uh, just appalled by the fact that no one wanted to. But that's right. There was an outhouse in Arc One yeah. that Ashley was in. That's right. There so many outhouses. Uh, okay, next. Uh, so then after that, next Friday, we're going to be doing some Hunter the Reckoning. We're going to be continuing our campaign there, our Chronicle, City Lies in Dust. And then uh, and then Saturday, we'll be back here and we'll figure out what the heck's going to go on uh, as these two creatures. Um, well, they got to mess you all up, I think. I don't think y'all are in good condition. So uh, it's going to be fun. And we'll see how it goes. Maybe, yeah. maybe, do we complete the arc next time? Or... Did we complete the campaign next time because we're out of characters? 
I don't know, something crazy will happen. So come join us. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but thank you to everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you to all of you uh, who are, were throwing out bits and subs earlier. I really, 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 really appreciate it for all of you who are watching this later on YouTube. Thank you so much. Uh, make sure if you're in the chat right now, make sure you hit the whole follow button thing on the on the Twitchy thingy. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe thingy thingy, and then uh, and then I can feel like uh, my life has meaning because uh, that's uh, really all I have. That's it. This is it. This is all I have, people. Please. Um, otherwise, we're going to go ahead and raid. Uh, so hang tight, follow the raid, uh, and uh, watch some more wonderful TTRPG goodness. And uh, we'll see y'all later. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>